this message uh, this morning, I hope, really helps us. And uh, if you have your Bibles, go to Acts chapter 2. I'm going to trust Jesus this morning. Acts chapter 2. We prayed this morning uh, several times already. And uh, it's important that we realize this morning that we need to be full of the Holy Ghost. Full of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible calls for us to be full of it. See, this is one place we can be full of it, right? Are we the only one in this church that's got to keep being full of it? Sometimes we feel like we're full of it, right? But it's not the Holy Ghost, right? You know, we made a commitment, we said something, we, we, you know, we did something, and then all of a sudden we're, you know, boy, I'm, I'm really full of it, all right. But the promise of the Bible, the Word of God, is that you can be spirit-filled. Full of God's Spirit, full of the Holy Ghost. But there's a great deal more to being spirit-filled than an experience we've had. See, one of the reasons that sometimes we struggle with regret is because we're focused on an experience we've had. Or even the evidence of speaking in tongues. And we say, oh man, I remember when I got filled with the Holy Ghost. As if it was something that was just going to be in the past. And while God does purposely give us landmarks, and I believe in both of those things. I believe in being spirit-filled, having experiences with God like that. And I, and I also believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. They happen to me, and they are landmarks in my salvation. But I also believe that the Word of God teaches us these are available to everyone who believes all the time. And so we can't just hearken to experiences and then become dull. Let's read from the Word of God. Acts chapter 2, verse 39. Says in this word, For the promises to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I come to you this morning. Uh, I ask you, Lord, to fill this place with your Holy Spirit. And I ask you, Father, for a touch of God as we've prayed for our precious brother and sister's child. And as we've prayed to you for these services, I ask you, Lord, to pour out an individual blessing and a corporate blessing today. Fill this place with your Holy Spirit and let us leave here having another landmark occasion where we worshiped you and you met with us. Lord, we need you to change the world. And we want to be your vessels. Fill us this day. Amen. 
one of the great reasons for spiritual dullness, uh, deadness of many is just that, it's, it's spirit. There's little ongoing work of the Holy Ghost in our life or in the lives of others. You know, we were believed to salvation. I want you to catch hold of that. Someone believed and was filled and built a church or built an outreach team. You know, some of us, we, we don't have real glorious stories, do we? You know? Mine was, you know, someone reached my wife at a halfway house that she had been in five times. And I had lost all hope. And she called me up and said, you want to go to church? I always thought I was going to be the one that got her to church. But no, no, no. God has a way that might change or tweak what you may think, but we're believed to salvation. You know? You know, one of the ironies of our salvation and my wife's salvation is, you know, the people who brought us to the Lord, they're not here. <clears throat> they're not here. But in that moment, God filled them and they had belief and they preached the word and God made fruit of it. You know, you can have a touch from God. You can even receive the baptism. But from that point on, if there is no or little cultivation there's no ongoing work of the Spirit in you, you will struggle. Who here in Arizona has failed their yard? <laughs> Praise Jesus. Lord Jesus, I repent. No, we, we know what cultivation is, don't we? We just don't like to apply it to ourselves all the time, do we? We like to cultivate Krispy Kreme cream donuts. Right? We like to cultivate coffee in the morning. But what about the Holy Ghost? What about being spirit-filled? You know, me and my wife, we have this problem sometimes. We've kind of gotten through the hump, I think. But we had this problem where we were alternating who was going to make the coffee. And basically, what happened that solved the problem was I got my hands out of it. Right? But, but what was happening was, you know, we'd make the coffee. And the problem was, you know, sometimes we would forget that, you know, if you put too much water in the coffee, then the thing overflows and it falls all over the place. You know, the coffee would be all on the table and we'd wake up, you know, and make the coffee and 
and walk away and come back and there'd just be puddles of coffee all over the place. And we'd say, did you make sure the pot was empty? The answer, you know, you want to say, oh, yeah, I did. I poured that sucker out of here. I didn't leave the old coffee in there. But, lo and behold, I had neglected some steps. Right? Sometimes that's the issue. It's not that we're not trying. It's not that we're not trying to cultivate, but we're forgetting some steps, aren't we? And we make a big mess. You know, the Word of God is part of the steps when it comes to the Holy Ghost and when it comes to the to, to, to being a Christian and living the Word of God. You, you can't just you can't just forget that step. You know, one of the and, and you gotta be desperate about it. You're not a good reader, then get somebody to read to you. You know? You're not good with time management. Well, then center your life around the things of God. So no matter what you're doing, you're praying. I was really impressed when my brother, one of his feet, his phone started beeping. I said, what's that? He said, it's time to pray. I know my brother. I'm not going to embarrass him right now. Some people know what I'm talking about, but he needs that. He needs a reminder. I remember his pastor, he said, Wes, just remember with that one, he needs a reminder. I said, praise God. I'll remind him. See, I want to go over some of these things because it's important for us to understand, you know, why we're struggling and why things aren't working the way that they, they should be working in our lives. Why we're not spirit-filled. Sometimes we, we want to just blame everything. And while there are assaults, you know, I, I've talked to people, I've had conversations, I've had other people that have called me in concern for someone else. And I, I can tell that there's a spiritual assault going on. It's not just everyday stuff. It's, there is a, a pointed spiritual assault on their life. But the truth is that my only way of helping them is by armoring them with God. See, sometimes as a pastor, for instance, it's not even about ourselves trying to things in the flesh. It's about us trying to perfect others with our flesh. You know, you become a pastor and you, you think, well, I, I, well I, don't, I, don't, I know how to pray, I know how to do the things of God, but then someone else does it and you're like, okay, I'm going to perfect them with my flesh. And they're already doing that with their own flesh. And so next thing you know, things get all fleshy. <laughs> and you're arguing with each other. You know, this is what happens. You know, let me give you some advice when you're, when you're, when you're discipling someone. If they say, stop badgering me with the word of God, stop. 
them what they can receive. That's not in my notes, but it's important that you give people what they can receive and you pray for them. You contend for them. You go in your prayer room and you begin to say, God, this is what I need. This is what I want for them. You know, what is begun by the Spirit is either attempted to be perfected by the flesh or, more accurately, usually neglected because of the flesh. Many cease and they go downhill because they fail to realize the reality and the vitality of the Christian life is the source of their strength. It's the source of their joy. It's the source of their effectiveness. It's not merely embracing doctrine. You can't just believe some things and think you're okay. It's embracing the Holy Ghost. You know, the book of Acts, what we read from this morning, it's more than just a record of the church. It's more than just missionary journeys of Paul. It records the acts of the Holy Ghost. That is what it recalls and records. People who were filled with the Holy Ghost. They were filled with it. They yielded to it. And then they moved in power and they had the anointing. The anointing of what? The anointing of the Holy Ghost. Paul told them, I'm blind, I can't see. Ananias had the Holy Ghost. And he laid hands on him and he parted the Holy Ghost into him. And the, the blindness came down like scales off of his face. When my wife and I were about to lose our child in her womb, it was men with the Holy Ghost who prayed with the Holy Ghost. And her womb was healed. Amen. You know, the problem too often for us is the reality of the Holy Ghost or being spirit-filled. Sadly, it's just an experience for us now. It's just something that happened or something that happens. It's just a doctrine that we believe in. Oh yeah, I believe in that. I met a man just recently, good man. I could tell he was a good man. I could tell he was saved even. But it was just a doctrine that he thought was okay. It wasn't something he was going after. It wasn't something he perceived and said, I need to be filled with this. I remember telling him, hey, you got 
He said, I, I got a, I got a, court, uh, a basketball court out here. And we just leave it open to the public. I said, that's smart. He said, yeah, but I gotta get some, I gotta get some signs because uh, I've been noticing a lot of poop on the lawn. I said, yeah, just make them real friendly and kind, you know. And uh, most people will pick up their poop, you know. Then I said, you know, you should, you should uh, have a concert out there. He said, yeah, you know, the city is, uh, you know, they can be really, really difficult with these types of things. I've heard Paradise Valley is really, really difficult with these permits and, and everything. I said, well, I don't know about Paradise Valley, but in Phoenix, it costs $18. You get a sound permit, you can just go out there and bust it out. And then I just rapped to him my whole testimony. He said, you don't look like a rapper. I didn't, I wouldn't have guessed you were a rapper. I said, I'm not a rapper. I just know it brings a crowd. I'm just a Christian that happens to rap, right? To bring people in. Because when I'm filled with the Spirit of God, God compels me to do things. He doesn't, you know, I don't just sit there wondering if the Paradise Valley is difficult to deal with. I go to Paradise Valley and I say, God, fill me with the Holy Ghost. So I'm invisible to them and they, they give me favor. Because yeah. I want every single person in Paradise Valley who needs to be saved, who you want to be saved. I want to be the one that saves them. I want to be a part of that. You know, talk about a resume. We talked about this this morning, right, Brother Clarence? Ananias, that's a pretty good resume. He's just a regular believer like all of you here. You know, but he has on his resume, oh yeah, well, you know, you know, that guy Paul, you know, was playing all those churches, you know. Yeah, you know, I think about that. The real story is he came to me blind with a bat. He knew nothing. I prayed a sinner's prayer with him. Then I laid hands on him. He got filled with the Holy Ghost. And now he went down and all that stuff. He's pretty good. <laughs> See, that's what the Holy Ghost can do in your life. See, we need to be a people. We're not just baptized in the Spirit, but we're full of the Holy Ghost. You know, when God is seeking those who He can use or He can move through, it's far more crucial than their earthly talents or their intellectual abilities, or their personalities. It's the reality of being full of God's Holy Spirit. When the church was looking for someone to send to follow up on what God was doing in the city of Antioch, or Antioch, they sent Barnabas. He was the encourager they said about him that he was encouraged with the purpose of heart to continue with the Lord. And then this is how they described him. They said he was a good man, full of faith and the Holy Ghost. But think about 
Barnabas this morning. The effectiveness of Barnabas, it laid in his faith. He was a man who believed God. He had faith. And correspondingly, he was full of the Holy Ghost. That's how that goes. They didn't just leave out his faith. And it wasn't just an add-on. It was something that distinguished him. Oh, he had a lot of faith. You know, when you, when you meet someone who used to kill people, and then you say, hey, let's start planting some churches. You got to have a little faith, don't you? And then you got to have a little Holy Ghost, don't you? To discern some things. Right? Many of us, we need to have a little faith. You know how many times I've heard, yeah, I prayed with a guy, and he, uh, he doesn't have a place to live. We'll see what happens. You know? And there's truth to that. You know, there's truth. That you, don't, you don't just, guys don't just miraculously, necessarily uh, pray a prayer and need it for the right reasons. They don't necessarily lock in. There's disappointments. But can I tell you something? When you're full of the Holy Ghost, it's really easy to overlook those and, and, and continue to, to march forward. And you know, it goes all the way there. I, I, I've often given you this example. You guys, most of you here who have heard me preach for a while, you know, I, I like to bring this up. You know, Acts 6, they're, they're talking about serving tables. They're talking about the menial type work that needs to be done. Well, we need someone to take care of the widows. You know, they're kind of just, you know, they're the old ladies in the church. They're the people that, you know, they're not going to have much uh, 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 outward value to some people. And we have this problem because, you know, and maybe, maybe you can take something here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little different scenario this morning. You know, this was talking about the Jews and the non-Jews, right? But there was a class system there. Maybe it's, you know, oh, this, this is, you know, these are the people that are important in the church, and these are the people not so important in the church. They're not so vital. And what God does is he takes men that are full of faith in the Holy Ghost and he puts them in that role. And then, of course, through that role rises up Stephen, who ends up becoming the first martyr and sees Jesus at the right hand of God. See, this is tangible. They were qualified because of the spirit of the Holy Ghost and their ability to hear from God. We need to realize this. Our greatest problem in knowing the things of God is not intellect or abilities. It's rather a spiritual problem that we have. There's no fullness of the Spirit. Too often we're satisfied with an experience that says, I've got it. And then we leave it at that. As though there was nothing more to do, you know? 
We don't have the ability to apprehend apprehend the divine things inside of us. Or we're limited by our own intellect. The only smart guys I've seen limited. A.W. Tozer said, the realm of the spirit is closed to the intellect. It is the spirit that is the agency by which we apprehend divine, divine things. You know, one of the smartest guys I know is Dave McCoy. They're about to send him out. And Dave McCoy is going to get sent out, right? And him and his wife, you know, but he was a backslider at one time. And it's funny because the kid who just wants to be a kid in, in my children's church was, was Kenneth Phillippe. And it was Kenneth Phillippe who wrote on a prayer list, please bring David back to the Lord. See, he had a childlike heart. You know, he knew that his family was being split apart. And God, God has a way of, you know, saying, listen, your intellect isn't what's going to get you to heaven. More likely, it's going to be you striving after my Holy Spirit. See, the difficulty is that we lack understanding of the principles of God in his kingdom. It's not a learning problem. It's not a knowledge problem. It's a spiritual deficiency. And I don't want to tell you here that you can just be a dummy and dummy from Jesus or something. That's not what I'm trying to say. You know, I, I, you need to know the word of God and you need to have instruction. But God leads you through that instruction through his Holy Spirit. You know, God gave us eyes to see and ears to hear. But we can't hear music or the voice of our wives in the morning with our eyes. Nor see the beauty of a sunset with our ears. So God gives us his spirit as the vehicle by which we apprehend divine things. You've been trying to apprehend divine things through the flesh, through your intellect, through your abilities, through your wisdom, through your hard work. But my challenge to you is to stir up the gift that is in you. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands. That's what the Word of God says. Don't make light of it. Don't fail to regard it. Don't ignore it this morning. No doubt, he was speaking to Timothy in this letter that I read in 1 Timothy 4.14. And it's, there's no question that Timothy had this baptism of the Spirit. And there was this grace upon his life. But again, Paul reminds Timothy. And 
Matter of fact, he writes him two letters to remind him. Stir up the gift that is in you, he says. Problem for many of us is just that. We don't get stirred up anymore, do we? Man, pastor's loud. You can settle in and just get set in your ways. I mean, I swear, some people like things to be uncomfortable. If they want them comfortable in church, everything else in their life they're making uncomfortable because they're not well-ordered. Sometimes that's the problem. I mean, we just want everything under control. We want it to be convenient. It's not all of us. It's not always the way it works, but one of the things that I've noticed is that people want the spirit, they just want it on their terms. You mean I gotta I gotta commit? I gotta make my yes yes and my no no? said that's what exactly what you have to do. You know, there's a difference between being touched by or being full of the Holy Spirit. And many folks, they seem confused. They believe they're spirit-filled because they have had experience. But being spirit-filled is, is just that. It's being full of God's Spirit. You know, I, I want to turn the world upside down for Jesus Christ. But I'm going to have to let God shake me up. I'm going to have to take God seriously in all aspects of my life. I'm going to have to make the things of God primary. Not just a part of my life. He has to become my life. You know, I, I know what this is like. It's easy sometimes for us to be dry lose excitement, lose vision, become discouraged, just settle. The problem is when we do that, or when the church does that, we fail to realize that we are the church. You know, some people come and they go, oh yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm not getting fed by the church as much as I need. Well, you're the church. Maybe you were supposed to bring the pizza. You know? It's not just the pastor or a few select people. You can't play that way. We all have to be involved. <coughs> I'm calling you because you're a part of the church. I'm preaching to the whole church. Boy, kids, you're starting to get used to that. Ask yourself, am I full of the Holy Ghost this morning? And if not, why not? What hinders you? What's filling your life? What affections that God can't fill are you being honest? Be honest. 
How much do you really seek and desire him? How is your need? You know, this morning, maybe you've never gone before God and truly surrendered. Maybe you've tried to seek him in part. Maybe you're looking for things on your terms. You know, one of the things that you have to realize as I close this morning is that you own lack. You own lack. That means you own less than. You know, when I got saved, one of the things that I had to realize is that I lacked some things. I lacked boldness. I lacked wisdom. I lacked sensitivity. I lacked discernment. I lacked anointing. I lacked zeal. I lacked understanding. Galatians 3.3 warns us this way. Are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? A spirit-filled church needs a spirit-filled people. That's what makes it personal. And like every head bowed and every eye closed in this place. The salvation of a soul is the work of God, spirit. It's not an ascent to beliefs this morning. I want to give you a moment here with every head bowed and every eye closed to realize something. You can say you believe whatever you want, but God says that we must repent of our sins believe the gospel. The gospel is good news. It's hope.